Hello and welcome everybody to the Saratoga podcast. It's Wednesday. We are running a little bit late, but it's been a busy podcast week, hasn't it? <laughs> Certainly. Did he cancel the board of elections? I know. I think I was just here. We were just here last day. We were here Monday. We've been cranking out the podcast for you, Saratoga. <laughs> can, yeah. Can you take a break Thursday and Friday, please? I'm begging right. you. Right. Yes, Robin. I've, no. heard, I've heard a lot about uh, about you, the, your coverage. It, it sounded great, and and yes. you called it. I think you were the first one to call the race. So congratulations. Thank you. I was channeling my inner like Wolf Blitzer situation room self, and and decided to project the winners. And uh, it was a little nerve wracking, but um, tried my best. Definitely, it was a, a first go. Lots of multitasking happening, but um, I know it's definitely something the Saratoga podcast and the three of us want to do in the future. Um, do more kind of live results shows and and cover things live at night that are breaking like that. So hopefully we'll get the opportunity to do it again. And but, the next big the, the next election is June is a, is a Democratic primary. So that is correct on June twenty seventh. So yeah, June twenty seventh. So Robin, you might be it might be Dan and I holding it down. You might be busy, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> but the Sarah Cloud Podcast is committed to bringing you the results as soon as they come out. Yes. That yeah. Let's correct. commit to that right now. That's good. Absolutely. So we had like a mini Super Tuesday last night because we had school board elections and we also had a city council meeting. And so we had double duty. So we wanted to start with the city council meeting first. And you know, public comment has been a bit of an SHIT show um, over the last several months, years at this point. Um, but I wanted, I know you guys caught some of it, but I wanted to play for you guys um, a gentleman who came to speak at public comment um, I believe his name is Bill. I'm kind of like fascinated by this gentleman now and I, I would like love to track him down. But he came last night and he made a public comment that I just wanted to play right off the top here because he did a really incredible job, in my opinion, touching on all of the issues that we're kind of currently struggling with on the on as a city right now in a really sincere and impactful way. So it's about five minutes long, but bear with me because it's worth it. And I, I really want to get your feedback on it and our viewers feedback on it. So um, I'm going to roll it right now. Council meeting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, good evening. I'm, I'm Bill Saratogi and born and bred. Uh, thank you for allowing me to speak before you tonight. I spoke at the last council meeting and I spoke about how proud of Saratoga I was. I spoke about the love I have for my hometown, how I wanted my kids to be raised here, how I remembered back when I was growing up, Broadway was all boarded up, barely any shops open, but some city leaders caught a vision of the greatness we once had and could have again. I spoke about how I would brag about my hometown to my military friends, proud of where I came from. I also spoke of how we as kids were integrated from day one. We all lived together in the same neighborhood, went to school together every day, played ball together, and how we learned from each other. When I was done speaking, I listened to other speakers after me, and I got the um, impression that the perception was that I was saying that there is no racism in Saratoga, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. I'm not that naive to think that there is no racism here. I've seen it growing up. I saw it in the military. I see it now. I have defended my friends on numerous occasions, and they have defended me. I spoke about how back in the day, we all knew where the line was, and if it got crossed, we took care of it and moved on. I was asked how it got taken care of, and my answer was that usually we would meet at the flagpole at 3 o'clock, hash it out, and the next day we would be back on the ball field. 
But that was a different time, a different Saratoga. Yes, back then we were divided and had prejudices. Uh, growing up on the west side, our prejudices were usually against the rich kids on the east side. But it was a subdued divide and prejudice that we worked around, or so I thought or wished for. But now the city is divided in a way I've never seen before, and that is heartbreaking. I'm not going to dwell on how we got here because here we are. I'm here because I want to know how are we going, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to close the, the divide and fill the gap that we have fallen into? I have some ideas, but instead of saying them here tonight, is what I want to say is this. To the city council, do your job. Your job is to conduct the business of running this city. Your job is to move, forward, move this city forward, keeping up the standard that surrounding cities are trying to achieve by building themselves up to be like Saratoga. Your job is to keep our citizens safe, to present our city as a desirable place to be, to do business in a professional manner. Instead, you have turned it, in, you have turned it into a laughing stock. The infighting you have displayed and constant media sound bites have done nothing but embarrass yourselves, this city, and its citizens. Mr. Mayor, the telltale sign that you have embarrassed the city and have lost control is the look on the lady's face in the hallway video. And that's how far you've fallen. Mr. Montanino, I sat here last week and watched you baiting these young people into doing something they might regret, and then you went right to the media and tried to state your case. My question to you is, is that how you conduct business? If so, how is it working for you? Are you going to continue with the name-calling and airing the dirty laundry, or will you at least make an effort at civility to your fellow council members and conduct the city business professionally? This is actually a question I'm, a question I'm asking of all board members. After I spoke last week, I walked up to a gentleman who spoke before me. I grew up with this man. I've known him all my life. We looked at each other, and he said to me that while we have different opinions, on some issues. He still loves me and I told him that I love him and we shook hands and hugged. A couple of the activists came up to me afterwards and started asking me questions about how I perceived what was going on, how we handled things back in the day. The bottom line is we talked, we established dialogue. To the Saratoga BLM, all of us and all the other interested parties and young people that are involved in this divide, I want to say that I do admire your tenacity. You are steadfast in what you believe and vocal in achieving it. You keep showing up and making yourselves heard and seen. But I have to ask, how do you expect me to become sympathetic to your cause when you won't let me listen to you? Getting in my face and screaming at me is not allowing me to listen to you. I don't know what you want or how you are feeling because you won't talk to me. I have no idea what your goals are because you aren't talking, just screaming. This divide we have can be closed if we work together instead of against each other. Anarchy will only take you so far. <laughs> everybody, in this room, everybody in this room needs to change. We need to start talking, not screaming. What has gone on so far and what is portrayed in the media is embarrassing to the city. If things keep going this way, I fear we will see, I fear we will see visitors to our city decline, revenue decline, and our livelihoods lost. But we can fix this. We can find compromise and peace, and together we can live in an understanding and education of who we are and be the proud Saratogians I know we can be and want to be. I'm willing to listen if you're willing to talk. Have a blessed day. Thank you. 
So that was the public comment. Thoughts? Adam, you've lived here your whole life do, with some, you know, so did you know this man? No, no. You know, my, my family moved here in the late 70s. Uh, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of people who who are uh, maybe a generation or a half a generation older than me who who lived who kind of have these shared experiences of uh, it was you know the city was segregated by different neighborhoods um, and, and, and different ethnic backgrounds in the west and the east side but I, I can I can absolutely relate to this man and just uh, somebody who has a love of this city who's watching it you know the, the being torn apart right now and and Robin you talked you know I was busy with, with BOE yesterday so this is the first time I'm seeing this and I really see why you were so uh, high on this this gentleman in the talk he gave because I really thought that was inspirational. Yeah, I, I uh, agree. He, he certainly captivated me for quite a bit. And he he didn't really take a side, right? He had criticism for, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, corners, if you will. And um, I was really listening, like you said, Robin, because uh, you, 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 you indicated how, uh, how much it moved you. Um, I may not have been moved as much as you, but he really had my ear. I really wanted to know what he was saying next. And yeah. uh, he made a lot of sense. Right. He made a lot of sense. And he called out the mayor and Montanino. Right. He didn't take a side there. Uh, that, 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 that was uh, it was well done. I'd, I'd like to meet him. I also thought that in particular, it's been so challenging for people to speak out against Saratoga BLM, because in a lot of ways, they believe in the fundamental ideology and the principles of what they're trying to support. But speaking out against them typically gets you branded as a racist. That's Saratoga BLM's like go-to practice if you're speaking out against them in any way. And so I think people have had a really hard time articulating their frustration with how Saratoga BLM has gone about approaching the problems that they're trying to address. And I thought the way that he specifically spoke to them about how he couldn't listen because of the way that they were speaking, I thought that was really eloquently said. And I thought that it was potentially something they might receive. Um, and I haven't heard anyone be able to address that particular dynamic in a way that was effective the way I thought that he was effective in doing so. The question is, does it change anything? You, you know, that's the, that, that's, that's the problem is, is that we can be inspired but but right. but what happens next, right? Is it is there a, is there a, a, a reckoning where we all sit around and, and, and start to collaborate, uh, which you know we've talked about before, or do we yeah. go back into our tribe? Do we listen to this, come out a little bit, and then go back into our tribes? He he did though create a framework for how we get out of this mess that we're in. Yeah, where we talk, and I guess that's very obvious. But he said it eloquently, and he didn't say it from one side or the other. He again, he pointed a lot of fingers. Uh, I, I've got some sort of power thing going outside my window. Is that is that noise uh, carrying into this? I can like barely hear it. Perfect. So, okay, good. Yeah, you're you're good. You're good. Okay. Yeah. No. I I just um I thought he just I just thought he encapsulated kind of everything that we're experiencing in this moment in such a such a again sincere and heartfelt way. And I I hope it's a public comment that people can kind of uplift online and maybe kind of rally around because maybe it's one of those inflection points that really does help, you know, turn things around a bit or inspire people to come to another city council meeting and, you know, comment in more fashion or support what the sentiments that you said or 
<laughs> well, hold on, real quick, speaking of inflection moment, Dan, maybe it's a good time to, to mute your mic right now. Yeah, it actually is a little loud now. It just it did pick up and it did pick up the volume. Hang on a second. Oh, well, or, or jump off. <laughs> we we're now silencing Dan. Dan, we did not. You know what that reminds me of? Did you, during during COVID, Saturday Night Live did this skit where it was like four people on a Zoom call, and the one lady didn't know how to like Zoom. Did you see that? She I, was like zooming from the toilet. No, I just remember the one guy, the judge who had like the cat eyes on, and it was like freaking hysterical. Um, here, wait, he's back. He's back. There he is. I think he has his just microphone muted now. Unmute when you want to talk, Dan. Um, we're not silencing your voice, sir. We're just silencing your background noise. Um, so well, there were some I, uglier moments that last night too, correct? Yes, there were some uglier moments last night too. So um, that's another clip I have to play. And I think, um, you know, this is something that I've heard from a lot of people is that, you know, lead, you want to lead by example. You want your leaders to kind of set the example of what they'd like to see from people in public comment, people in the city. And I think that a lot of people are disappointed by the actions and the words of the city council because it sets the wrong tone for public comment for the public in general. And so um, last night during one of the um, hearings for uh, amending the uh, one of the city codes for the eating and drinking, which was uh, Commissioner uh, Dylan Moran's um, uh, public hearing, uh, John Kaufman, who's a blogger, came up to ask a question. And now I want to preface this by saying they do have a bit of a history. Um, John Kaufman has been writing about um, some of the changes that Commissioner Moran has been making to the eating and drinking um, in the out. Sorry, I'm tired, you guys. The expanded outdoor dining, some of the changes he's been making to the expanded outdoor dining. Um, John Kaufman's been asking questions and he's been frustrated that he hasn't been getting the answers he's wanted. Um, conversely, Commissioner Moran feels that he's been unfairly characterized on John Kaufman's blog. So there's been a bit of back and forth between the two of them. Nonetheless, this was the exchange last night um, between the two of them, and it was it was not uh, it was not pleasant. Uh, here it is. Uh, let me start from the beginning. Hold on, um, Commissioner. What's the starting date? This is a this is an ordinance about setting an end date for external properties outside of the downtown area. So I don't understand the relevance of your question. Well, it's just that. Just a uh, what? I can't find a starting date for temporary outdoor. You dining. couldn't find the law for outdoor dining, so I'm not surprised by that. Okay. Well, Are we going to have it sometime? It's in the quote. Go read it. Well, it's there for you. I don't understand what your problem is, sir. Well, why are you... you continue to insist upon factual things that are there that you claim are not there. I'm not here to I argue was... about we... nonsense with you. You're the only person on the planet Earth who has a problem with outdoor dining in Saratoga Springs. I, with all due respect. With all I, due respect, that is true. Okay, I'm more courteous to you than the no, you're you not. are to me. I, I, I didn't, I, I asked, I asked a question. Mm -hmm. I asked you asked a question. a question that wasn't germane to the conversation. Fortunately, I'm going to show more dignity and respect than you do. In what way? By printing more lies? was so that was that was that exchange um which i will say on its face i did not think was was great 
Um, there was nothing that prefaced that question. It was just John Coffin walking up and that was his first question was, uh, what was the start date of um, the outdoor dining, the expanded outdoor dining? And uh, I, I, I didn't think it was great. What did, what did you guys think? Oh, you're muted, Dan. The, the timing of this was really bad, right? If, if, if he had a beef with John Kaufman, and, and I recognize that he does, they, they go at it back and forth. Uh, John in the written form, him in the middle of a city council meeting, you know, it was the wrong place and it was the wrong time. We, we need to get through a couple meetings that aren't ugly. And each of the five council members and people attending the meeting need to chip in on that. And it wasn't meant to be. Um, that, that's kind of what I think. Like, really? We got we, we have so many offshoots of negativity and ugliness. Here is yet another one. Um, I, I can see Dylan, Commissioner Moran, was sort of waiting for this, right? He, he didn't, this didn't feel like it was off the cuff. Almost like he knew this was opportunity was going to come and he was getting back at him for things he wrote in his blog. He even said as much pretty much about what are you going to go write more lies? Um, it, uh, it, it's just more ugliness at a time when we, we need some more civility. Uh, I, I'm not going to attack commissioner Moran, um, for this. Uh, uh, he, he gets beat up sometimes. It doesn't make it right. But I'm just trying to uh, I'm trying to find middle ground here. It doesn't doesn't help this at all if if I beat him up either, right? <laughs> just more negativity. So I I would just ask uh, uh, for some more civility from everybody. Yeah, I, I think you have you have two 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 guys who are really passionate and really passionate about the city, and it's they're, they're they've it's collided. And I, I'm not excusing uh, Commissioner Moran's actions as a city council member, uh, like for the reasons you said, it should be about uh, collaboration and, and working together. But uh, but but and and I love John Kaufman too. I love Dylan. I think again, they're both great guys, both passionate. Yes. But, you know, Kaufman certainly poked the bear. Uh, and, and so, you, you know what, this was, it was just the kind of, you know, maybe this is a good way to say, listen, guys, two wrongs don't make a right. That's, that's, uh, that's, and, and you know, Kaufman's saying he's, 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 he's printing and, and writing truth, but um, he does, he does kind of, he does really hone in on the, 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 the democratic um, council we have right now. I know, but I will say like in that moment, I mean, he's at a city council meeting, he's not writing on his blog. It's it's a public hearing. He asked a he asked what I thought was a, a simple question, and I do think he got really and I thought he was a bit ambushed by that hostility. Um, I, I don't think that that was the appropriate moment for all the hostility from the council side of the table. I mean, because at the end of the day, despite the fact that he may be a blogger, despite the fact that he may post things that Commissioner Moran disagrees with or feels are untruthful, Commissioner Moran is still the commissioner and John Kaufman is still the resident. And I felt that, I mean, I would not, I would have been really taken aback if I was met with that level of hostility um, from one of the city council members, regardless of what blog I posted or what I had written, because I just feel like in those moments you need to act with more decorum and, and there was an unnecessary element of aggression and um, abruptness that was just, I, that I thought was just, uh, was really startling, I guess, is the best it, word. It was an attack you know, yes. to, to a degree anyway. And I think we're due to have John Coffin back as our guest and maybe we can talk about that and he had some other things on outdoor dining. It is a real issue. I, I don't, you know, 
Dylan made an assertion that you don't want on the planet that disagrees with this. I don't know if that's exactly true, right? So John has some fair things to say about outdoor dining. So maybe in the next week or two, we can have him back on. And I think that's, you know, we, as we've said before, the Saratoga podcast is a place where we enjoy having people on where we can respectfully disagree. They can respectfully disagree. And I think, you know, this is an instance where we have two people who are in a disagreement and we appreciate that they are both willing to come on and, and air their grievances on this platform, but we'd like to do that in a way that's productive and moves it forward. And I, I hate seeing, you know, moments like that at the city council meeting because I don't, you know, I don't think they're, it's not good for anybody. Um, but I certainly would have felt <clears throat> um, really, really startled um, had I been John in that situation. And I thought he handled it very gracefully, all things considered. Although I was, I was gonna say, if people do wanna come on, you know, I think this this podcast, we're a little bit Oprah, but we can be a little bit Jerry Springer too. So, <laughs> so if you want to come on, if you want to come on the podcast, you know, it's, that's, it's, it'll certainly get, get ratings. So uh, I'll just throw that out there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We should have some coming out from the right hand corner. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And Hey, what well, real quick, one of the best parts of this podcast and it sort of segues a little bit are the comments. So folks, please comment, uh, uh, write in and, uh, Robin, uh, uh, reads them as much as she can. Yeah. 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 I know we were, we were totally late to the party today, which was uh, somewhat my fault, but, um, yes, we always love comments and we, we put them up and, and love hearing from you guys. Um, in contrast to some of those comments, we do have another public comment that I know, Adam, um, you had asked about. Um, if I can play it if you guys want. <laughs> so I actually haven't seen the comment yet, but I heard about it. And, and I'll, I'll listen to it and I'll comment after. Okay, let's see. Here it is. So this is um, someone who came up from Albany to, to comment on, uh, well, you'll see, the city council situation. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Um, here, oh, by the way, there's a lot of expletives. Jim, you're writing. I mean, I fuck you. Listen, at the end of the day, listen. I'm demanding that you, as the public commissioner, drop charges against against my people. It's like those are some bullshit charges. You know that. You know it's it's some bullshit. I ain't gonna lie. Literally, I know I haven't been up here in like a little while, but. I had to come back up. I had to drive all the way up here to let you know, like, bro, you need to resign. Like, literally, you're not really doing shit, you know. Your mother really should have swallowed you, like, literally. Like, you can issue warrants against me. I really don't give a fuck, like, at the end of the day, but you're doing a shitty-ass job, literally. And, like, I don't know, Commissioner Moran, yo, your mouth was crazy and your mouth was reckless. I don't know how you talk to people. I don't even know who, who elected you. Your mouth was crazy. But like I said, man, at the end of the day, it's all about Jim. Like, at the end of the day, bro, like, you dead ass need to drop the charge. Like, the, the charges is bullshit, honestly. Literally, you're trying to silence activists from speaking out the, against the police brutality in Karantoga. Literally. Like, what more do I need to say? Like, y'all should already be well acquainted to seeing my face up here. You know... I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm going to say what the fuck is on my mind because at the end of the day, it's some bullshit was going on with my two peoples, like my two comrades. Like, it's some bullshit. You know it, bro. Like, you just need to resign, like, literally. Like, you're like the male version of fucking um, Robin Dalton. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, that's bad. Like, I don't know. I don't know who else I can compare you to. Oh, Ron DeSantis, the fucking orange lunatic Donald Trump. Um, I mean, who else can I refer you to? Literally, I mean, 
If I'm putting you in a category as Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, then obviously you really suck. Like, <laughs> literally, literally. Like, what else am I saying? Like, we are going to be back out here. You know what I mean? We are going to be making some noise. Like, I don't know, man. Like, are we going to have a repeat of what happened last year when fucking Saratoga Springs Police Department decided to chase down protesters because... We were exercising our First Amendment, speaking our rights, and, you know, and you have your fucking savage <laughs> goons back there chasing down protesters over That's what. Okay. But at the end of the day, like I said, I'm going to keep on saying it. Jim, you need to resign, bro, literally. Because you're not doing any good. Like, everybody's speaking. Well, yeah. All right. So I, I he continues on in the same vein um, for, for a little while longer. But... Um, yeah, so uh, we actually just had a comment from Mark Crockett, which I'll throw up. Um, very professional. Albany people speaking at a Saratoga Springs City Council. And, you know, I know this is something that people have brought up in the past. And I do, I will make a maybe a controversial statement. I do think that if we're going to limit public comment, which the current mayor does, he puts a time limit on public comment. There is public comment at the beginning and there's public comment at the end, but it's limited. I personally think that the priority for speaking at the microphone should go to residents of Saratoga Springs and that if people um, are not residents of Saratoga Springs, they're welcome to email their public comment to the city council and have it go on the record. But I do think that the priority for speaking at public comment should go to residents. Um, if the time is going to be limited, I just think that makes the most sense. But that may be a controversial statement to make. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, if if uh, what, the, the irony of this is all the talk about free speech, that you know the snatching microphones, the talking forever, uh, it inhibits the speech of those behind them, some of whom are residents. Yeah. Um, I I have mixed feelings about it, but there certainly are times when I see someone that lives well outside the city, doesn't live here, doesn't pay taxes here, uh, telling me all sorts of things, taking up city time. I I, I do get bothered by it, and um, uh, you know maybe it does need to be addressed, but I'm also not going as far as saying they have zero rights to speak. Totally. Saratoga is a special uh, place, a significant place within New York state, the capital district, however you put it. So I'm, I'm not going to go as far to say anyone that lives uh, 10 feet outside the city limits doesn't, doesn't have a say here. Um, Cause Saratoga is like the, the central hub of really Saratoga County. Uh, so, but, but, but it should be looked at right to your point, Robin, uh, it should be looked at. Is there a, uh, should residents who pay taxes here, live here, have their livelihood here, raise their kids here, should should they have uh, at least uh, a first crack at it or an exclusive time period where it's just residents? Perhaps. I, I'll go back to, to the first speaker talking about um, some of the points that BLM is making and they're valid things that we need to talk about. But, you know, at what point is it just, you know, people are bored on a Tuesday in Albany and just decide to come and, you know, scream at our scream at our politicians and, and, and harass our politicians and that's that's the that's the problem i have with with how the meetings are being conducted because it's just apparently that's open and fair game as is it's just come up and berate who you want and kind of go on as long as you want and there's no ramifications or reproductive or um uh, yeah <laughs> little, little word salad but but anyway, it's just it's just that's why we need to have these meetings a little more controlled and a, a better well run, because it's just turning into coming up here and just, you know, berating, berating our city council. I mean, I will say I am guilty of like calling senators, for example, U.S. senators in other states when they've done something that I 
really disagree with and leaving a nasty message in their voicemail as you know, I have the right to do as an American. And I feel freaking great after I've hung up the phone because I've freaking gotten my anger at, I've berated them for their bad you know, piece of legislation or policy decision. I hang up and I feel great. So you can kind of see why, you know, someone might feel, uh, have a little cathartic moment coming up here and screaming at our city council. Um, not that that makes that right by, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Dan, I also have to say, it actually, I have always said that anyone who experiences Saratoga, whether they live here or not, has the right to speak up about Saratoga, especially when it comes to public safety. I don't care where you're from, you have a right to an opinion about Saratoga Springs and what your experience there has been like. So I don't mean to imply that at all. I just think specifically when it comes to the public comment at the city council, there's a way to send, the, send your public comment to the city council there's a specific email that goes to the entire city council. It goes on the record. It will be in the minutes. You just don't have the performative element of having a microphone and performing in front of a crowd. So I think there's, you know, a compromise to be made there. But um, yeah, I, I, Robin, I, I like that idea. I actually think you know before we've talked about this before and and what's right and what's wrong here. But but I, I do believe that if there's a limited amount of public comment. You know, with, with the taxpayers should be the ones who get priority in, in you know, speaking in front of our representation. And, and like you said, there are ways to have your comments heard uh, and, and they will go on record if you email. Them. So I, I don't think that's controversial at all. Uh, and I'd be very interested to hear anybody who would and why that would be controversial. Well, thank you. I'm glad you agree. So speaking yeah. of which. I'm supposed um... to not agree so much, but I'll, we'll figure <laughs> it out. We'll figure something out later. Mayor Kim um, has also announced that he is proposing to move the city council meetings, I believe, starting in June to a 6 p.m. start time. And they're going to kind of switch it up a little bit. So they're going to be doing like the consent agenda and um, a few other kind of more procedural items uh, starting at 6 p.m. such that they time out public comment to start at 7, such that the meetings don't go as late, I think is the purpose. But basically, just heads up, people, the meetings are going to be starting at 6 p.m. is basically the takeaway there. You know what makes um, me nervous about that is the last time the city council meeting got shut down, and we talked about this on the show, the last time it got shut down and they had to reconvene the next day, they moved the consent agenda up. And, you, you know, it, it's why they didn't say why they, they didn't give an explanation for doing it. it. It seemed pretty, you know, it wasn't a far too big of a leap to say they did this because they knew this meeting was going to get shut down. So. Is, is are they is are they going to move up consent agenda because they fear more more uh, more meetings are going to be shut down? I guess we'll have to wait and see. It honestly just seems like they can't they can't manage their time well, and they don't want to stay as late at night, and so they're just bumping it down an hour because they can't seem to manage their time and manage their agendas well enough to have like an efficiently run meeting. That to me was kind of what the takeaway was because every which way Mayor Kim was trying to explain it, I couldn't figure out how it would make the meeting any more efficient. It wouldn't. It would just mean they got home an hour earlier, basically. Um, and I, I don't think it makes any sense to try to have an hour of the meeting happen before the public gets there. I just don't think that makes sense really in general at all. I don't care if it's a consent agenda or what they're doing. Um, I don't think that makes sense for the order of how you run a meeting, but that's just me. It, um, it, seems, it seems to me that they're saying, let's get the stuff we really have to get done. And if public comment gets so bad that it gets shut down, at least we got the stuff done, which right. the problem is with all this is obviously having an overbearing amount of control is bad. But the flip side of that is having zero control, which yeah. is, which we seem to have now 
and uh, I'll, I'll say it all the time until I'm blue in the face. We, we need to find some middle ground here and have some level of control over public comment, not to the point that we're, we're uh, uh, infringing on free speech or anything like that, but some level of civility and control. And right now there is zero. Quite frankly, I think the ship has sailed because what I'm seeing now, I mean, Mayor Kim extended the public comment period from two minutes to four minutes. So, but people go over the four minutes. He kind of like lamely begs and pleads with them to kind of wrap it up. They don't. And now I've seen it kind of like spread to more people. For example, there's a woman, Rose Tate, who's, um, you know, somewhat older. And she comes to every meeting to talk about a traffic issue she has um, in her on her street. And last night for the first time, you know, her four minutes came and went and the mayor was asking her to wrap up. And she was like, no, you're not going to have you're not going to tell me when to stop talking. I'm going to keep talking. And so, you know, once you let one person blast through those four minutes, I mean, why shouldn't everyone else blast through their four minutes? And he Mayor Kim has just lost control of that so many times that I don't know how he'd be able to reel it back in without somebody else totally being in charge, you know? I just think um, the ship has sailed. He's tried to reset the rules too many times, but everybody knows he's not going to enforce them. It's like telling a toddler they can't do something, but constantly giving in. The toddler knows. The jig is up. You, did, you could have told me that 10 years ago. Well, <laughs> <laughs> parental advice. We've got some comments here from James. Um, I don't really know the answer to this, though. No one challenged a statement that the Vermont police officer came to Saratoga to commit crimes for terror, et cetera. I don't know what statement that was. Do you guys? No, I, I, I did not catch that. that. James, so if you could clarify. Yeah, and then he said, I don't think the shootout was he delivery plan like Anthony seems to suggest. Um, uh, James, I missed those comments. So I'm not, I don't know the context for those comments. So, um, so I don't know how to quite how to respond. So give us a little bit more info. Um, so we can respond. Although I will say I'm not super well versed in that shootout simply because I was too afraid to talk about the details because it seemed like we shouldn't be talking about the details based on that news conference all the way back in November. Um, but anyhow, um, aside from public comment, there wasn't too much that happened during the city council beyond that. Um, there really was mostly just there was a bunch of change orders for the fire station that happened. Thankfully. Well, that's important. So so that's that's meeting and that's meeting. They were they were kind of stonewalling the change orders for yeah. the fire station. Yeah. But but because, it, it, you know, it would seem to be kind of a retaliatory way against Commissioner Montanino. But they've they've moved off that. They've now approving the change orders. Oh, you guys, it's total. OK, excuse my language, but it's total bullshit. So last time they basically stonewalled um, all these change orders from Commissioner Montanino saying that they didn't give him enough. Inform they didn't. Commissioner Montanino and his deputy didn't give them enough information about the change orders for them to approve them. They did this whole song and dance about how usually the deputies would inform the other deputies all about the change orders. They would have all this background information, yada, yada, yada. Well, I listened to the pre-agenda meeting that happened. In the pre-agenda meeting, they started talking because there were so many change orders on both public works and public safety's agenda. They started talking about the change orders and they were like, you know, in the future, maybe we could just package these into one agenda item because these are all so just procedural that like, you know, these are all so minor and procedural that we should just be able to package these into one line item so we don't even have to go through them individually because they're so basically like unimportant and like, they basically just completely contradicted their position in the previous meeting. And it was just so obvious that it was all so political and it was just kind of embarrassing to hear, you know? Um, I mean, like keep track of what you're saying, guys, try, try to, try to cover up your motivations a little bit better. Okay. 
Um, but yes, this time they, they, they passed everything. Uh, they had enough, you know, information to sufficiently prove everything. Um, the only thing that was a discussion, but not a vote was this, um, this proposal to, uh, make it some kind of a, uh, city ordinance yes, against drunk ordinance. having a firearm while intoxicated that one yes having a firearm while intoxicated or like high as a kite on drugs i don't totally get this dan and maybe you can help explain it to me it basically sounds like from what the commissioner montanina was saying it wouldn't really be anything punitive it essentially is just another kind of way to signal to people that carrying guns and being drunk or high is irresponsible and bad and is something is a behavior we would want to deter. And that's essentially the, the, the start and end of it. Yeah. It would have a small amount as a petty offense. It would have some punitive, but very small. His point was, you know, I don't know if I buy it or not, but that it was essentially a public service announcement that, you know, don't drink and drive. Well, don't, don't uh, drink and have a handgun on you, which obviously is, is very good. I, I, I'm not going to knock it down too much. He's trying to do something. Um, he's acknowledging it's got limitations. Um, I'm, I'm not that moved by it, but I sort of get <coughs> the motivation. I mean, I guess, I mean, anything I suppose that deters people from carrying a weapon, getting drunk, getting high and shooting that weapon, I guess is a good thing. But I think I'm just like so fatigued from these kind of uh, virtue signaling resolutions that don't really do anything, but just send like a, kind of positive good vibes message out there that I'm just getting a little wary of them, got weary of them rather. But I mean, I suppose no harm, no foul. So like, why not? Hey, I have a, qu I have a question and, and, and you know, this is totally off subject. It ties in a little bit, Dan, if you could answer it quickly, great. If not, we'll come back to it with, with marijuana being legal, right? We talked about, but you can't be really high in having guns. Marijuana is now legal, right? There are, I, I haven't heard of one kind of DWI for somebody yeah. driving high. And what, no it, it, I, I've been driving my car, and right, you can smell the weed coming from the car next to you. You, you know, and, and and is is there is there, there there's not a standardized there's no test, test for it. Yeah, there's no Dan. Correct me if I'm there's wrong. No, there's no simple test for correct. it. That's the problem. DWI is uh, the the uh, technology's been around for it's evolved a little bit, but it's been around for decades and decades. The to to detect drugs and establish that it impaired their ability to drive is a much more lengthy and involved process involving tons of training. Most, uh, at least in my day, most police officers were not. There were some specialists. They, they, they called them, um, I, forgot the, I forgot what we called them, but they, they were specially trained for specifically drugs. A whole new set of tests um, different from the, the uh, alcohol tests. And so the, the, so that, that's what, it's, it's done. I do see it occasionally. It's just not easy. But my understanding is part of the tax on cannabis that New York State is charging is to go to police departments to help fund how we would start beginning to develop better testing for trying to figure out how if people are high while they're driving. I think that's part of what that uh, cannabis tax yes. is meant to be going towards. Yes, a drug recognition expert. That's what they call the specially trained police officers. And if... You know, since we've done what we've done with marijuana, fine. Sounds like a job Robin could have. They they need to uh, <laughs> they need they need to have that much more training and the right equipment and the right facilities to uh, to handle handle this so people aren't out there high and driving. All Robin knows is that she does not drive high. Um, <laughs> by the way, just wanted to bring James back in again. He he commented again. I know what he's talking about now. 
Um, James said, when Anthony talked about white on white crime, how could you miss it? So James, actually you're talking about Els. Um, when um, Els Figueroa was talking, he was talking about um, white on white crime. He was referencing the November shootout and he was talking about how the violence in Saratoga was white on white crime. And like, we hadn't pointed that out and it had nothing to do with people of color or people of color coming to Saratoga and being violent, that it was white on white crime. I think that's what James' point is. Um, so I, I believe that's the context of what he's talking about. Um, but anyhow, uh, I think that pretty much sums up the city council. It was fairly, it was a fairly benign night, um, which I've noticed is kind of the trend when you have a crazy city council meeting. The next city council meeting, they'd like to come back and kind of prove that they can be civil, meaning the city council. They can prove that they can be civil. They can get through business. They, they try to put on their best face and put their best foot forward. Um, but then, you know, the next meeting that comes after that, things tend to devolve a little bit again. So, so this early is June, mark it on your calendars. Yes. <laughs> this is kind of the pattern that we fall in. Uh, June is also the primary um, for uh, Ron Kim and Chris Matheson. The primary is June 27th, so I expect that Ron Kim will be in full campaign mode in June. And so we will be seeing probably the best and the worst of um, Ron Kim for June as he gets uh, closer to that primary date. Anyhow, shall we switch gears and talk about school board, you guys? Yes. Okay, let's talk about school board. Here were the school board election results from last night. And I will say our predictions, you guys, Adam and I... We got one out of three, Adam. But we got one out of three. I would, I wanted, I wanted the other two for balance, but, uh, but um, it, it, we the that we did we did say our third pick was was uh, Best Fogarty Braxton, who was the top vote getter, uh, which is which is a pretty newcomer. surprising. Yeah, a, I'm going to get like a D minus for our predictions and yeah. our our who we were supporting because you know pretty resoundingly we failed here. I give us an A plus on who we were su supporting. Right, but I'm just I'm, from a prediction standpoint. Um, I give a D minus to the voters. <laughs> I don't think that um, my smart board and wolf blitzering is uh, is going to be you know my future career because uh, our, my prediction was not great. So but, what happened here? So here's here's so if you if you want me to jump in with my little kind of analysis here, first of all, I have to say that we know that Beth, Tony, and Ange um, all went to the Democratic City Committee for money. And this has been a pattern that we've seen for the last couple of years. The Democratic City Committee and the Democrats in general and the candidates that they run, they know how to run a school board race. They have got this down on lock. They have a great ground game. They have a great crew of volunteers who go out knocking and walking. And that is really the key to a successful school board race. You need a good ground game. You need mailers. And the Democratic Committee is fantastic at that. And they really turn out and do a great job at it. Also, Beth, Tony, and Anjanette, excuse me, also had perfectly packaged candidacies in that they had bios that were, you know, you read the three, you read their three bios. I got their mailers, and they were rainbows and sunshine. It, it was hard not to read their three bios and what they put on mailers and not get behind it. They did not have any controversial or really um, defined positions on anything that would be off-putting for a voter. They and didn't have any positions. They, I mean, nothing of any substance, really. Correct. It was it was very it was very general and it was very yeah. it, it it was really all stuff that that 
would be very hard for anyone to argue with. And they went to the League of Women Voters Forum. They did their mailers. And then that was it. As you know, they didn't come on this podcast. They didn't come on Benjamin's podcast. They did not speak outside of those very prepackaged moments. And I think that that was a very winning strategy versus Sharon and Joe, who, you know, made SROs um, really the defining issue of their candidacy. And SROs are a difficult thing to message because it is hard to say that it's, it's hard to say that the other candidates don't care about school safety or don't care about kids' safety. That's not a message that's going to land. And that's not a message that's true. You know, we know that they care about kids' safety. They just disagree on how that safety looks and operates in schools. And then also to explain uh, Tony and Anjanette's votes on the SROs, you really have to get down in the weeds and you have to go back, you know, years and you have to kind of follow this trail of how they voted to really understand the resistance they put up to the SRO program. And, and that's not something that's easily um, communicated to voters. And it's certainly not easy to package to voters. And so I think it was a hard, even though it seems like it would be an easy wedge issue, it was actually a hard issue to message. And so it was that. And then also when we look at the turnout, and I have a slide here, but um, I've got to pull it up. But when you look at the turnout, especially in the outer districts, meaning um, Greenfield and Dorothy Nolan, Dorothy Nolan in particular, their turnout was significantly lower than it was last year, um, specifically at Dorothy Nolan. Like at Dorothy Nolan last year, Dean Colligan, who was um, one of the kind of more right-leaning candidates and the only kind of right-leaning candidate that won that year, he got over a thousand votes at Dorothy Nolan. That was double what Sharon and Joe got at Dorothy Nolan uh, this year. And I would probably explain the turnout difference at the outer district schools, meaning like the Greenfield Dorothy Nolan schools. If I had to guess, I think last year CRT was a huge issue nationwide. And I think the CRT issue really drove voter turnout. And this year, I think the 10 to 15% decline we saw in voter turnout, especially in those polling places, was probably due to not having those hot button issues be um, as pervasive uh, nationwide and in the news cycle as they were last year. So that's my yeah. kind of little explanation. explanation. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to explain. John Adam, I'll jump in. All right. No, no, when, when, when you're done, you speak. Yeah, when I what I saw what I what I, what I kind of see as the as their their election strategies, what they do is first of all anybody right of the left is they try to attach it to MAGA, right? And and they do this in a way where they'll have the these very the I call them propagandist you know newspapers because what they what they're putting is not it's not objective news it's it's all slant and bias but they have they have something somebody like the Daily Gazette run a, a hit piece that's an opinion piece. And then the candidates, the candidates don't play in the mud. The candidates sit on their ivy tower and have this army of, of uh, kind of woke soldiers go and just push this, push this, push this, that they're book banners, they're book banners, they're book banners. And, and that is that. And then you have the money issue, right? So the, I know Sharon and Joe, if they go to the Republican Party and ask for $1,000, that's not helping. You, you know, bam, book banners. Look at the Republicans are giving them money. So, so the, the, the other candidates can go to the Democratic Party, get the money, use it for significant outspend, Sharon and Joe, where they, they were painted in a corner by, the, by our local newspapers as being right wing, you know, MAGA uh, book burners or book banners. 
and 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 then they, and then they just use the 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 army of foot soldiers that the uh, the Democrats have to push that that narrative, and that scared a lot of people. I think in this, you know, we are a city that certainly leans to the left. But uh, anyway, I thought I, I I congratulate the three candidates who won. You know, at the end of the day, we're a democracy. The voters spoke, uh, and and they pretty you know they voted spoke pretty clearly. So uh, Sharon or not Sharon, Beth and Jeanette and Tony, um, congratulations. Uh, and great luck on your your next term as this, uh, the school board. Thanks. Let me jump in. And yeah, I, I want to pick up where you left off. I, I want to congratulate the three of them. Uh, my heart was with Sharon and, and, and Joe. I have yet to meet Joe. I hope to. Um, I hope they don't go away. Um, uh, they, they should be congratulated as well, right? They're part of the solution, not part of the problem. We need competitive elections. Um, so they, they fell short. Um, but it was their first try, right? And they were outsiders looking in. Uh, Robin, to your point, um, if you look at the other two votes, both the budget and the school bus bonding, they both passed by four to one, which is significant. And that, to me, tells sort of about the uh, the candidates vote and that you had people voting that were very supportive of the district as it is right now. They didn't want outsiders. They they knew they they knew these three. And I'm not taking anything away from these three. Like you said, they ran really disciplined, uh, uh, smart mm-hmm. campaigns. Um, but uh but it was going to be almost impossible unless unless the, uh, Sharon Dominguez and Joe uh, uh, Sabanos got significantly new or different voters to show up to the polls, which is hard to do uh, for school board elections on on uh, in nice weather and things like that. Um, so that's kind of my take on it. That uh, they uh, Sharon and Joe were on the outside looking in, and they did. Even though the numbers are are not good, I still think they did very well when you look at what they were facing, being outsiders, not having this party support that you, you, you both of you mentioned and things like that. But, but clearly, congratulations to Beth Fogarty Braxton, Tony Crackler, and, and, and Jenna and Mika. Uh, I'll also, also say the one major thing we haven't mentioned here is that typically the people who get the uh, endorsement of the teachers union are the people who win. And Beth, Tony, and Anjanette were the people who got the teachers union endorsement. And that's huge. Um, I think one year we had, there was one candidate, Amanda Ellithorpe, who didn't get endorsed by the teachers union. Casey Putnam did. Amanda won, Casey Putnam lost. And that was kind of the only year in which that happened. But typically it's always the three candidates who get the teachers union endorsement who won. And so I think that's a huge factor that sometimes people, you know, are not seeing or overlook. Um, But also Beth, Tony and Anjanette could have just been stronger candidates. I mean, all of these things that we're talking about could just be meaningless. They could have just been better candidates and just appealed, generally speaking, to, um, you know, the voters more so than Sharon and Joe. Yeah, I I do not want to take anything away from the three of them. They they won. And you're right. I I, I certainly am seeing this through a a biased eye. So that is that is a little bit balanced there, Robin. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, they, you know, everyone goes in with their own platform and their own ideology, but they are responsible for representing the entire district and, and all of the voices here. And so, you know, one way or the other, I hope that Saratoga will continue to be Saratoga, show up, comment, engage, and, you know, um, get, just continue to be involved in your community and your school board and, and, and keep running for these positions. I mean, thank God we have such an active community and we have five people running for these positions. I just think it's so admirable because it is a brutal thing to do and it's a hard job to have. So, um, and, and I'm just going to repeat, sorry to jump in. I hope Sharon Dominguez and Joe 
Sabanos, Sabanos, yes, don't go away. I, don't go away. And that doesn't necessarily mean school board. I hope they're uh, uh, a force in some way, some what in this city and school district's future. Well, I mean, I have to say, you know, I hadn't heard of either Sharon or Joe as of like six weeks ago. And when six weeks later, you have over 2000 people come out and vote for you in any kind of a campaign or election. That's huge. That's a really big deal. They should be super proud of themselves. All yeah, they earned each, they earned each one of those votes. Yeah, yes. they did. They, they really did. So, I mean, I think there's there's something to be proud of all around. And I agree. I hope they don't go away either. I know it can be Adam and I both know how it feels to lose an election. It sucks, you know, totally mm -hmm. sucks. But um, after you put a little distance between that loss and, um, you know, reflect on things, I think that hopefully their passion for meeting people and getting involved in the way they got involved will continue and we'll see more from them. I think that would be awesome. And so, and I also look forward to Beth being on the school board. I think it's great that we have a fresh voice. So that'll be a good thing. Great. Anyway, do we have any cheers and jeers, you guys? Cheers and sure. jeers. One. Give me a cheer and jeer. I'm putting up an animation. All right, I will start. Uh, again, uh, we, we just we just uh, talked about it, but I just want to cheer all, all the candidates for stepping up. Uh, it is not easy. You never, it's it's actually terrifying. Uh, many people just, I always say the first thing I, you know, candidates say when they first decide to run is I know they're going to come after me. That means that whole election cycle, every morning, you're waking up hoping to not to see your face in the news. And unfortunately, the the the, the newspapers, they, they, they don't, they have no respect for people. It's more about the clicks and the money. So anyway, that's my cheers to the to, to the candidates. My jeers are to the 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 the, the wagged Democrats. Um, they they are they the, the negativity and it, coming from these extreme left. It just even after the election, instead of saying hey good match or just keeping your mouth shut, you know they still they, they they're still taking pokes. They're still making comments, and it's just uncalled for. The race is over. Congratulations to the people who won. Move on. That's my jeer. Great, All right. right? Um, I've got more of a comment. We talked about the mayoral primary, but my goodness, it's just over a month away. And granted, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not a Democrat, but still the whole city is going to be watching this primary. Nothing's happened in it so far. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I would like to see a robust debate for the next five weeks on substance. I'm not just the mayor. The mayor dropped the F-bomb and yelled at people. I, yeah, th there is relevance to that, but I, I want to see a robust debate on this city's future, on issues, who can better deliver. That's what I'd like to see. Would you like to see a debate? Because I'm really looking for someone who would like to moderate a debate, Dan DeFederici. I, I, I'm there, and, and I absolutely would, and I would do uh, an absolute fair job, and they'd both get tough questions from me. They'd both get some softballs from me, and and obviously I'd have outside uh, – it wouldn't be just you know the, the Dan show – I'd be I'd be honored to, I'd be honored to do that because I really don't think there's any way that you're going to get any substantial debate unless there's a debate that's set up. I mean, even if the I, I don't know if the League of Women's Voters is going to do a forum, but personally, I find their forums to be informational at best. But it certainly doesn't set up any kind of an environment for a robust debate. I mean, you really have to have a debate setting where you can respond to the candidates answers and have the back and forth and be able to have a yellow card and so on and so forth. And and you need a moderator such as yourself who is right down the middle. And I think you would do a great job at doing that. But, you know, to, to do that, we've got to step up and do something because I don't think there's anybody else around here who's going to do it for us. 
Yeah, you know, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it's interesting because you have two candidates. You know, like when I ran for commissioner of finance, having a debate like that would be tough because you really just don't know the position that well. But but uh, um, Chris Matisson has been in city hall for a long time. They're Ron Kim has been in hall. Commissioners. What, what's that? They're both former public safety. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they both have a pretty good grasp of how city works and some of the issues our city's facing right now. So I think that would be just, just you know, the entertainment value is not the right way to put it, but it wouldn't be. I think that debate would not be all fluff and rainbows. That would we'd get some really good uh, uh, positions from from a debate like that. So I oh, encourage yeah. those two candidates to to meet on the battlefield and have it out so the voters can see who they want for our next mayor. I'd be popping the popcorn at him. I think the entertainment value would be off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be commentating that one live too. I think that would, that would be great. So yeah, I think that would be awesome to set up. And I think the voters deserve to see it. You know, I really do. I think it's the best way to flesh out someone's candidacy is to see them answer questions live in a debate situation. I think it's really the only way you can get beyond the prepackaged bullshit that you see on websites or social media posts or whatnot, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I agree. The, the League of Women Voters um, uh, events um, leave me wanting. Yeah, I know. They, they, they're they a snooze. I, I was bored doing them as a candidate. And then when we were able to do the Saratoga Today debate, I literally have never had so much fun in my entire life. And it got to the point where at the end of the debate, Chad Beatty said, like, we're running out of time, even though we have all these other questions. And I think I interrupted and said, I can stay as long as you want. If you want to keep going, let's keep going. Um because I was just having so much fun. But anyhow, um, I have no, I am so brain dead from our three day podcast marathon that I don't know what my cheers and jeers are at all. Um, Except I was delighted to see the Bills uh, schedule come out. So like cheers for that. Yay Bills, I'm pumped for the football season already. Um, And jeers for this slightly cold weather today. That's about it. That's all I got you guys. Oh, one quick personal plug. One Saratoga. One Saratoga is a fusion line of two Republicans and two Democrats. Um, it's a ballot line that we are wanting to have on the ballot this November to give voters a choice to vote for, again, another option where you can vote for Republicans and Democrats who put city over party um, this November. I'm having a little petition party on my porch. It's, I, everyone knows my address anyway. I have no problem saying it on the podcast. 78 Caroline Street tomorrow. That's Thursday, right? Tomorrow's Thursday. Anytime between five and seven, you can pop by my porch at 78 Caroline Street, sign a petition to get the one Saratoga line on the ballot, have a cocktail, sip, stop, sign, chat, be on your way, and um, help get that one Saratoga ballot line on the ballot. How many Can you elaborate on what type of hors d'oeuvres may be served? Uh, yes. Oh, elaborate <laughs> hors d'oeuvres. Pirate's booty. Woo. Um, Cheese and crackers. <laughs> Not just kidding. Yeah. It'll be better stuff than that. A nice charcuterie plate, if you will. Elaborate charcuterie plate, <laughs> elaborate cheese plate, and, you know, just a potpourri of items, a potpourri of items. PDT Sounds market lovely. catering. Sounds lovely. I'm Perfect. just kidding. I kind of just made that up. I'm calling PDT catering right now. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks I for tuning in. We're going to take a break, I think, next week. Is that right? Yeah, unless something crazy happens. Unless something crazy happens. So Saratoga, try not to be crazy for a few days. Yeah. Can can we stay on after this goes off? Adam, can you stay on? Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Some administration here. Yes, but Saratoga, we will see you back here in two weeks. Thank you so much, guys. Unless you want to hang out. Should we just do it live? No, I'm kidding. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) We've done it inadvertently.